Welcome to episode 16 of the Running on Ohm podcast. This is your host, Julia Hanlon, and I'm excited to have Anya Kasoff, creator of the Golubuka food blog on the podcast. Golubuka is Russian for dove and is a version of Anya's main name. In this episode, we discuss Anya's inspiration for starting Golubuka with her exploration of raw, vegan, and vegetarian cooking. Anya discusses her upcoming cookbook, The Vibrant Table, to be published in June 2014. Lastly, Anya shares the inside scoop on what she eats when traveling and at home. I hope you enjoy the show. Om. Welcome, Anya, to the Running on Om podcast. We know you were inspired to start your blog because your eldest daughter is vegetarian, but what were some of your other influences? And then my second one, um, Paloma, which means dove as well in Spanish. She was born, um, I kind of got into raw food, uh, looking for better nutrition just to improve my health in general. And hers, and uh, she was an inspiration for that because I really was looking for something to feed her the best way possible. And I was so um, inspired and fascinated by the idea of raw food. So um, that's how I started to write the blog because I thought, just so much going on. It's so interesting and to share with other moms how you can actually raise kids on all the green stuff. And Paloma was uh, really thrilled to eat this way. And uh, that was the main inspiration, actually, um, for the uh, for the blog. That's how we started it all. She was about two years old when it's, uh, it's all started. And how many years ago was that? Almost four. We're coming up on the fourth anniversary of the blog. So describe to Running on Ohm listeners who don't know what kind of food you share on your blog. How would you describe it? Is it all raw? Is it vegan? So as I mentioned, it started like all raw. It was absolutely all raw for a couple of years or so. Uh, and then um, because I like to explore new things all the time, so I kind of got a little bit tired of it. So I started to do new things like gluten-free and, um, of course, vegan or maybe not, of course, vegan and gluten-free. And now it's like all whole foods, nothing processed. It's all whole foods. It's sometimes raw, sometimes cooked and minimally cooked and mostly gluten-free food. Yeah, so all healthy stuff. And what's your food background? I know you're from Russia. How long did you live there and what kind of food did you eat growing up? Well, Russia is a country of meat and potatoes, as you probably heard. (laughs) And uh, no vegetarianism that time, absolutely none. I never even heard of it. Um, I lived there most of my life. I came here about 15 years ago. And um, uh, when I saw all the vegetables here available all year round, I were just so thrilled. And I just couldn't believe that so many things I don't know. And I always love to cook. And my older daughter, Masha, as I mentioned, she was a vegetarian. And she struggled with that in Russia. Because socially, it's really impossible especially those years was impossible to be a vegetarian everybody looked at you like you're an alien and you're sick you're gonna get over this but um when uh, she saw this vegetables and greens available and she kind of mom can can we do that can we just drop meat completely and uh, that then how we started to um, eat vegetarian food but russia is totally not into it surely all my family is still uh, looking at us like uh, a family who were back in Russia. Like, what are you guys doing? It's not good for you. Or, you know, hard to explain. 
How do you think changing the types of food you you eat, leading a more plant-based, greener diet, how do you think that's changed your life? Oh, completely changed my life. Um, I just I, I feel so much better now when I, even if you compare it to my 20s or, you know, early 20s back in Russia. Um, feel great. I never exercised before. I started to exercise here it's just the, the whole outlook on life and also it led me to the blog and it opened all kinds of things for me you know like writing a book meeting all kinds of interesting people um so in many many ways it changed me and gave me a chance to uh watch my little girl growing up uh, healthy and loving her uh, greens that's very enjoyable as well what um what for you is the recipe on your blog that has had the most amount of um, attention? It was one of the first recipes, actually, and it's still uh, number one, absolute number one. And the photos of the, the, the recipe is really not quality that we like and totally different, um, not, not up to date, but people still love it. It's avocado truffles. I don't know if you've seen that or not. Uh, that is absolutely number one recipe that people come in on. You know, it's always number one on, on analytics. Why do Nothing you can keep that yet. Why do you think that is? It's just such a playful recipe, very unusual looking, easy, colorful. I don't know, a lot of people don't care what kind of photography is that. It's just it's such an unusual, fascinating recipe. I think that's why. Yeah. Tell the listeners a little bit about your book, your upcoming book, The Vibrant Table. What has been the process for you in deciding what recipes to include in that because you have so many incredible ones on your blog? Actually, the, uh, all the recipes in the book are new, with the exception of one. Wow. Uh, yeah, all are new recipes. They are not from the blog at all. Uh, and they're, they're actually very different from what we have on the blog. There are very, very few uh, raw recipes or even the version of regular recipes are raw. Um, they are 99% gluten-free, only two recipes are not. Um, I work with sprouted flowers a lot in the book. Um, most of them are vegan. But some, as compared to the blog, I try to make them more um, approachable easier um, to make maybe um, most of them at least that's that's pretty much it are they all your unique creations and what kind of inspirations went into these different um, recipes that are going into your book um, a lot of it is inspired by Russia actually um, my book devoted to my childhood and my parents and my grandparents and the recipes inspired by traditional Russian recipes but they are much healthier in a new way in my way that's um, the main inspiration was and also uh, many other book authors uh, food heroes that I love they inspired by them or uh, a little bit um, tweaked recipes that uh, I've, I've seen somewhere and some of them are totally uh, new that I just dreamt about dream about you know did I answer your question? Yes, very much so. How many recipes will be in the book? It's 100 recipes. And how many times did you have to make all the recipes to get the exact measurements correct? Um, 
many, many, many times. <laughs> it, it's great in um, one way, but also I put a lot of weight on uh, doing all this recipe testing. Uh, especially with desserts. I have a dessert chapter called Tea Time. And uh, it took more times to, to test those recipes than others, for whatever reason, I don't know. Because I, I actually kind of know, because I started gluten-free not long ago before I started to write the book. So it was fairly new to me, and experimenting with all the gluten-free sprouted flowers uh, took a lot of time. So, uh, well, many recipes took one try, and it was great right away. But some, I, I wanted them in the book, and I, I tested them and retested them and changed them and finally got them right. We're very excited for the release of it. It's in June 2014, you said? Yes, June, June this year, yeah. Yeah, I, I am there. I just can't wait. I cannot believe I will hold it in my hands finally. Actually, it's on the pre-order on Amazon uh, already, but we still do some work uh, for the book a little bit here and there. It's still in the final, final stages, so we're not completely done with that, amazingly. Can you um, share with the listeners what is the recipe you're most proud of from the book? I've been asked this questions because many times I, I really can't. You know, it changes from day to day. <laughs> um, one of my absolute favorite in dessert chapter is um, mango and lime tartlets. If you go into savories, it probably would be black bean pasta with dandelion, cherries, and black sesame sauce. It's one of my favorites. Um, so it, it's really hard to point out. I have also the chapter for kids called Playtime. Over there, maybe apple donuts would be the one. It, you're making me hungry. <laughs> Thank you, you. You said for your book you had cooking mentors or people who you really look up to. Who are those people in the food world or the nutrition, wellness world that are teachers for you? Actually, a couple of recipes that are devoted to... Um, I have mental block here. Well, let's talk about Sarma Mingalis. I don't know if you heard of, of her or not. Uh, she she has an, a restaurant in New York in Manhattan, uh, Pure Food and Wine. So it's all raw food. So some recipes devoted to, to her and her books. Uh, just uh, Atalengi, that's it. <laughs> the, that book, Plenty by Atalengi. He is a, a Jewish chef, who Israeli chef, who works in London. Uh, that's another one. I love Nigel Slater's um, books. What else? A lot of them. I don't know. <laughs> A lot of the bloggers. Very cool. How has social media and having the blog changed your life? It just made, made it more fulfilling. Um, very exciting. You know, so many talents and interesting people that I, I never met before. I actually never met them. Some, some of them maybe I, I have. But um, uh, it, it's very interesting. Every day you can find the new ideas, colors, you know, conversations. Just beautiful. I, I cannot imagine my life without blogging uh, at this point. How many months did it take for the blog 
to really get off the ground for you to feel like people it was actually reaching people who were outside your family and friends um actually it happened very quickly with us uh again because of sarma uh, i already mentioned her sarma i might pronounce her name differently uh, i mean her last name sarma mingalis she's in new york and she noticed the blog very quickly and helped us she tweeted uh, about our recipes, put them on Facebook, and that's how it actually started initially. I'm very grateful for her help. It helped in the beginning. So it, it happened like in a couple months, really. Wow. That's the time. And I know on your website it says that your eldest daughter takes your pictures. How does that work? Do you have to save your creations for her to take pictures of? What if she's not home that day? <laughs> Well, it's actually a huge challenge because Masha lives in New York and we are in Florida. Um, she uh, lived in Rhode Island uh, before that, so still very far away. She was a student at Rhode Island School of Design, but she had more breaks at that time. All the school breaks were spent together and we shoot a lot in advance. Now it's more challenging. She has a very busy life and, and work. So um, what we do, and I create the recipes, write them down, test them, prepare them, and we schedule shootings around her vacation time. And in uh, three, five days, uh, we shoot it, hopefully here. Sometimes I go to Brooklyn, and we do it there in a tiny little apartment, because all her roommates are very excited about the food <laughs> testing. And it's, it's challenging, but still very interesting. So it's very different from other bloggers. I do take some photos myself uh, when I know that there is no way she could come anytime soon. I have to keep the, the blog alive, but it's definitely not the same. She's a professional artist, so that, that's different. What is one kitchen appliance that you think everyone should have? An appliance for food photography? No, for food creation. A kitchen appliance. Kitchen appliance. I'm, I have so many of them. It's hard to, to point out one. I cannot live without my blend deck or Vitamix, you know, high-speed blender. To me, it's probably the most important of all. I can't imagine my kitchen life without that. Are you... Do you use it in most of your recipes, a blender? I wouldn't say that, but uh, I do use it in every day, many, many, several times a day, all the time. All kinds of smoothies, creams. Uh, I ground flowers in it because I make my, my own sprouted flowers. So it's like the busiest piece of uh, equipment, definitely, in my kitchen. It's very convenient. You can make soups whatever, anything with, with that, in seconds. What is your go-to snack? It changes all the time. I, I never can point out one thing that is my favorite because I, every every week I find something new and, and, and I just, I can't really point anything out. Snack. Olives. Let's <laughs> see some raw olives I love to snack on. At the moment, but who knows what's going to be next week. Do you and your family ever go out to dinner, or because you're an incredible chef, are you? do you make almost all of the meals at home? And 
I'd never call myself chef, and <laughs> I'm just a home cook. I just love to do that. Um, we do go out, not that often. Uh, mostly, I I go out with my girlfriends, uh, with friends. Um, I like Mediterranean food when I go out, like Turkish restaurants, uh, Middle Eastern. You can always find great vegetarian food, vegetables, um, grains there. Um, Paloma loves to go out. My little one, it rarely happens. She actually loves sushi because she's she's so rarely have anything else outside of the house. So she just loves to to go to sushi, which uh, it's usually vegetarian sushi as well. How has living in Florida informed your diet? Um, well, right now in the winter, it's great to be here in Florida because it's our growing season. So our market just looking all green and, and pretty right now, and I, I, I love to be here. But in the summer, it's kind of sad a little bit at, at times because nothing really growing here with the exception of mangoes. It's a short season for mangoes. Um, but right now we're really loving it because everything pretty much is available and everything is local. But yeah, mangoes are our local tropical food that we absolutely love. And although uh, my friends and family in Russia say, well, now you can buy anything in the supermarkets here, I really don't believe that that's, that's the same, that that's the case. Of course, mango from the trees, you really... You, unique experience to have mango from the right of right of the tree. Agreed. What is your biggest advice for people who want to start cooking but are scared of using the kitchen? Just don't be scared. Enjoy it. <laughs> you really have to enjoy it. You know, not be so fixated on particular recipe. I talk a lot about this in the book. Just don't, if you don't have parsley at the moment, or just don't think that you absolutely have to have it. Substitute. Be be creative. Just just be free. You have to, you have to feel free and then enjoy it. I don't know if it's helpful at all. Outside of the kitchen, what is inspiring you these days? Any books you're reading, music, people... Most of the books I read these days are cookbooks, I have to say, because I've been into this uh, huge project as my um, the, the Vibrant Table and other things uh, that um, I'm planning on doing. It's all about cooking, so most of the books I read uh, are you know, cookbooks these days. But I often go back and read, uh, actually, Russian classics. That's what I, I love to read, like Tolstoy. A great inspiration for me always I always find something new in his books and other mostly Russian authors I have to say you know I I, I grew up in Russia so it's not, not only but mostly why did you come to the US well I think uh, anyone who ever moves from country to country and place to place they're looking for a better life that would be the always the answer. You're always looking for something better. I, I'm a really adventurous person. I always have been. So was, I came here just to take a look and then stay. You know, I, ne I never thought that I'm moving permanently, but I loved it so much. And two years later, I met my husband here. So I, I definitely here now for good. 
I know from the blog you've done some traveling to different places throughout Europe. Where is one place where the food culture there is so amazing to you that you love going to visit and getting to eat the type of food there? Well, again, I never can pinpoint the, the absolute favorite of mine. I, I love everywhere I go. Um, of course, France, who doesn't like, uh, you know, French food. London was a, you know, surprisingly impressive. England right now with all kinds of different food. I like to go back to Russia <laughs> and to sample their food too, especially home cooking. What did I mean? I love Spain. Spain, anything, even the cheapest food is just great, usually there in Catalonia. And um, I, I love to, to travel, and I'd like to do it more than I, I do at this point. Paloma is still little. We actually planned a big trip this spring with Paloma. We're going to stay in Russia for over about two months. So we're getting ready for that. She's never been there. That's a huge trip for us. We're going to take a train, 24-hour train with her. That would be interesting. That sounds very exciting. How do you plan to eat healthy while traveling? Um, they try to convince me that it's getting much better these days. So you can you can buy pretty much anything. I'm probably going to cook some food, maybe dehydrate some chips or crackers or cookies and take with me a lot for the, for the trip uh, with Paloma, hopefully. But it's, it's going to be warm enough for... Um, things to grow there already, so hopefully we can get fresh stuff easily there. We'll see, definitely. It's always the challenge now. It's not, it's not easy to travel and be completely healthy, especially the way we eat constantly. So it's, uh, it's not easy, but we'll try our best. What's for dinner tonight at your house? don't know what's for dinner tonight. Now, my biggest meal usually is breakfast. I love my breakfast. Dinner, I might even skip it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, breakfast, I usually sit down and it's my ritual. I eat huge salad. I love salads for breakfast, especially now. I have all the green local uh, leafy, green leafy vegetables available. Um, lunch, uh, also important. For dinner, I'm, I probably will skip it. <laughs> for Paloma, I, I may cook some quinoa for her with a salad. She's in school all day. It's not a big deal for us, usually, dinner. I'll talk, I talk about this in the, in the book as well, how breakfast is so much important to me and, and food during the day. I tend to eat a lot during the day and kind of much less uh, in the evening. To close up our interview, I have a few either-or questions for you. That would be tough, you know, that I don't have usually answers for those because I, I like everything. Let's okay. try. Well, go ahead. Mountains or oceans? Oceans. Smoothies or juices? Juices. Early bird or night owl? Oh, night owl, definitely. Apples or oranges? Can't say. Love both. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Anya, for making the time to talk with me and share your story and your blog with the Running on Ohm listeners. Thank you, Julia. You have a great day. Oh, 
Thanks for listening to episode 16 of the Running on Ohm podcast with Anya Kasoff, creator of the Golubuka Food Blog. Check out runningonohm.com for links to Golubuka sites. This is your host, Julia Hamlin, and I hope you have a beautiful day.